Good morning, everyone. This is Kathy Mason from Mason Works Marketing here on Conscious Business Zone with my buddy, Vicki. Yay! <laughs> okay, so first of all, I got to ask, how hard is it to have a hyphenated last name? Oh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> It is ridiculous. See, I started, I had this business for 32 years and it was called Austell's Rehabilitation Services, but I got married in the beginning. And so my last name became Clausen. So it was Rebecca Clausen at Austell's Rehab. And I'm like, this is not good. It wasn't good marketing. And my husband said, well, Becky, why don't you hyphenate your name? And I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. So for work, I was Rebecca Austell. And for our kids, I was Rebecca Clausen. And so that worked. But as far as uh, everything else, it's ridiculous. Ridiculous. <laughs> well, I remember in high school taking a class that was the, the book was called Montage. Uh -huh. and there was a, a paragraph. I, I don't know. It was maybe a short story of these hyphenated people marrying hyphenated oh people <laughs> and their kids hick married hyphenated people and so <laughs> four names for four your names. child so, so everyone you can see we have fun you guys um, so just so you know becky is uh, rebecca becky is, no uh, becky's fine is an international speaker she's a reiki master which is a, what we'll talk about part of her, her uh, incredible cap capacity to heal and to help others through her um, sixth sense, if you want to call it that. And she's an author, and we'll talk a little bit about her book and about her um, unique experience that she had having a combined, um, I forget what exactly they call it, a near-death experience with her brother. And she's also an occupational therapist. So so we can run the full gamut. And, and we'll talk more about um, how we're going to be together in a couple weeks. But um, but Becky, let's, let's help the audience learn a little bit about you and tell them how you got started now first we know how you got your your hyphenated <laughs> name but but you guys um um the other part about becky is that her energy is as big as texas she is so full of love she's a great cheerleader whenever i'm down and i'm in a group um that i feel beat up with <laughs> becky's like you are great you are I only speak the truth. And you <laughs> are great, Kathy. And it's all blast being with oh, you. It's all oh. blast. You're excellent. <laughs> well, the thing is, is that um, when you look at people and their worldview, Becky has a worldview that the cup is almost completely full, not half full, and that she's looking for life to verify that reality. Correct? That, Kathy, that is magnificent. And that's why you're awesome. Yes. Oh. <laughs> okay, so 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 people can get to know you. Could you tell us a little about your journey so that they can get your journey from occupational therapist to Reiki master, and then we can talk about uh, the rest of it? Okay. Sure, sure. Okay. And first of all, thank you so very much for having me talk with you again. I love being with you, Kathy. Me thank too. you very ditto, much. Ditto. Yeah, I can't wait to be in person. So, so same here. So what, what happened with me is I do have a fair amount of energy. And so I'm always <laughs> doing multiple things at the same time. And gosh, I became an OT a long time ago. And uh, I kept going from job to job to job to job. And when I was at 
about the age of 30, I decided to start my own business, which actually grew. I had it for 32 years and it grew to have a staff of 350 occupational therapy practitioners, physical therapy and speech language pathology. And we ended up servicing over 100,000 people right in the middle of this uh, private practice and growing this private practice. It was in 1995. Um, my brother David passed and he was 37 years old and I couldn't understand why he passed. It made no sense to me at all. I believe everything in life is positive and I could find nothing positive about the fact that my 37 year old brother died of AIDS. And it just, it just didn't make sense. There's a variety of things we can talk about, but the, but the part that I, I uh, enjoy talking about probably the most is six weeks after he passed, I'm filled with grief, couldn't understand it. And I had a horse and I was riding my horse through a Christmas tree farm. It's a Boston accent. You'll hear the Boston accent uh, quite, quite enough through this next conversation. <laughs> but anyway, I was riding my horse uh, through a Christmas tree farm and received the best present of my life. It was a beautiful day. David, my brother, passed on um, October 1st, 10-1, and this was the middle of November, and I was uh, riding this horse in Chester Springs, Pennsylvania, and we had just had our first frost. Rainbows were sparkling, icicles were hanging from the, from the trees, and I opened up my heart just a little bit. And you know when you're so filled with grief, your heart's closed, and all you can feel is the grief. But that day I opened up my heart and I said, thank you universe for a beautiful day. I closed my eyes and there was my brother. He was in human form. He was wearing a black and red plaid flannel shirt, dungarees and sandals. And I had never, ever, ever done, experienced, felt anything like this before. I was not psychic, I wasn't spiritual. And so I started to talk with him and realized within a split second, I could just send thought. He was great. I was great. I'm like, oh my gosh, here's my brother. And I looked to the right and there were my grandparents, Abe and Bessie Dole from Wellesley, Massachusetts. They had passed about 10 years ago. They were holding hands like they always did. Beside them was one of David's best friends, our family friend, Edward, who had passed, a friend of mine, Holly, who had passed 20 years ago in a motor vehicle accident. And there were about two dozen other people that I knew had passed on the hill. And I looked back to my brother and behind my brother was a golden arch. Now it wasn't McDonald's, it wasn't a McDonald's arch, it was a golden arch. And I had been reading a fair amount of books um, about the afterlife, trying to figure out this whole concept of my brother dying. And so I had read that if you see a door and you feel comfortable, go through it. So I looked to David to see if he was gonna take me through this golden colored arch that was behind him. And my four foot 10, four foot 10 grandma, Bessie Dole, she takes me by the hand and we skip through this golden colored, golden covered arch. On the other side was a brilliant fuchsia colored land. Now, I have my husband and I, Jeff and I have two children, two wonderful sons, and their name is Kenny and Ryan. And Kenny and Ryan now are in their 30s. And they say to me when they've, as you can imagine, they've heard this story multiple times. They say, Mom, do not say fuchsia colored land. And I'm like, well, why not? 
because it sounds like you're tripping. It sounds like you're high. It sounds like you're 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 not normal. <laughs> and I'm like, well, it was fuchsia, and so anyway, I'm in this fuchsia colored land, and I hear my paternal grandfather because my grandma and grandpa were on my mom's side, and then my paternal, my dad's grandfather, had passed about 15 years ago. I didn't see him. I heard him, and he says get over here in a very loving, beautiful fashion. And he takes me by the hand and we fly, we fly through this fuchsia colored land, holding hands, reminiscing, being thrilled to be with each other. And all of a sudden my horse starts to move. So my horse is moving and I am flying through this fuchsia colored land with Gramps. And I say, Gramps, I need to go back. And he immediately does a U-turn. We do a U-turn in this fuchsia colored land. He brings me right back to the golden arch. I fly through the fuchsia colored land, land in front of my brother. The horse is moving. And I say, David, I need to go back. And you know what he said? And everybody that was there, my grandparents, Edward, Holly, these two dozen other people, they all said at the exact same time, we will always be here. I pulled up the reins and sat on my horse and thought, what just happened with me? And so it really was quite an amazing experience. I'm gonna continue just a little bit more if you don't mind. No, perfect. I, uh, I had no idea what this was. And so I went to the library. Now this is 1995. We didn't really have the internet. I didn't really have a laptop. I didn't know how to search anything except for going to the library. So I went to the library and started to walk up and down the corridors. And I believe what I thought would happen is that the book, the book that would explain this would fall out of the shelf. Well, that didn't happen. So I'm like, huh, well, that's sort of interesting. And so I went to a local health food store and looked at the bulletin board and thought, well, maybe I'll find someone that uh, might be able to assist me. And nothing resonated. I'm the type of person that um, makes things happen. And I don't usually ask for assistance. At that point, I asked and I asked the universe, I said, would you please send me a teacher? And then I let it go. A couple of weeks later, a good friend of mine, Amy Carroll, Dr. Amy Carroll, she's an occupational therapist. She now teaches at the um, Thomas Jefferson University Occupational Therapy Department in Philadelphia. And she's fantastic. And she was on my staff at the time as an OT. And so Amy came in and, and I didn't tell hardly anybody any of this that had happened. And she says, Becky, how are you doing? And I said, well, it's rough. And she said, I met somebody I think you'd like. And I'm who's that? And she said, I met a shaman. Now, reading all these books about the afterlife, I had come across the word shaman, but I really didn't know what, what it was. And if there was a shaman, I thought maybe it lived in uh, Brazil or Peru or something. <laughs> and so I said, a shaman? What's a shaman? And Amy says, well, I'm not really quite sure, but they believe that everything natural has energy. And she talks to people that have passed on. And at that point, I thought, okay. And her name's Nancy Ariel. She did pass a couple of years ago, but I ended up apprenticing with Nancy three to six hours a week for one year. Wow. And that's how this whole journey started. Wow. Wow. So, um, you know, do you believe that all of this was planned by you? 
before you embodied? You know, Kathy, that's an interesting question. Yes. And not only by me, I believe it was planned by myself and my brother, David. And to me, he had he had the toughest part because he had to pass. And it took him seven years. He, he was at the time considered a long term survivor where now people with AIDS don't really die. But at that point, I mean, for the older folks in the audience, I'm sure you'll remember when thousands and thousands of people were dying essentially every week that had AIDS. And uh, David had to live with it for seven years. But yes, I do believe this was the plan. Interesting question, Kathy. Right. So so now you learn from a shaman about a whole new way of being. How did you integrate that into your regular life? Because that seems to be um, there. There's a kind of a, a skill to that integration. Don't you agree? Kathy, you are so smart. Man, I enjoy you so much. Oh, thank you. It's it's that's an excellent question. It felt like I had two parts in my brain. I had my business part, which you know, um, human relations, profit and loss, financial, yeah. uh, marketing, uh, social media, all of this. And then I had the other part that was spiritual, that believed that we live forever, that our consciousness remains, that when we die. When we die, our consciousness continues. So we're still alive. And so I had these two parts of my brain going on. And I, um, the way I did it with, was with time. Like I would wake up in the morning and I would go to work. At that point, I was going to work about three o'clock in the morning. And so I would work from like three to seven. Then I would ride my horse and I would ride my horse from seven to 11. And I'd meditate on the horse and I'd have my spiritual experiences and I would write them down and then I would go back to work. So I had this uh, ability to just keep focused on one part or the other. But the wow. longer I became involved in spirituality, the more integrated it became. Yeah. So, so tell me, because um, one of the times um, that I went to co-creators convergence, which someday I'll explain that all to you. Um, we did, we went to an um, equine therapy of uh, location and did this process with these horses. It was so magical. Do you think your horse also was set up in this whole pre-planning? Because oh. that therapy is so grounding and so um, pure essence of consciousness. Yes. And I, you know, Kathy, you're the first person that asked me, and I've been doing this since 1995. <laughs> you're the first person that's asked me if my horse was uh, like prearranged, which I actually believe that it was. Yeah. I know the horse was meditating with me and I didn't even really know that I was meditating because at that point I was just doing deep breathing. I just, I mean, that's what I do. I just close my eyes, take a couple of deep breaths, release, and then receive peace and release some more and receive joy and release some more and receive love. Okay. And I would do that on the horse like about seven times, meaning at seven different points during an hour and a half uh, ride, I would be meditating with the horse and the horse would relax and her ears would calm down and she would just be very quiet. And it was awesome. It was really awesome. So yes, I do believe the horse was handpicked for me. Astra, A-S-T-R-E was her name, which means star. So oh, cool question. So 
Cool. Well, yeah, because I think that we're we're really coming to a point of that everything you do can be a living meditation and the 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 fun or the um, adventure of the game that we're in, which I, I see this as a game, is um, is to be able to stay in that state and presence in everything. Yes. And, and so you, that's what you were learning is how to integrate that part of you that is so expanded that it sees the benefit of everything and the opportunity to learn from everything rather than the fearful judgmental side and i think my audience um you're you're a great example of how to access that um because you can do it in walking meditations that's what neat tan han yes um, he has a walking meditation i mean there's so many masters that didn't say you had to sit in a cave on a pillow for the rest of your life and eat bugs um, and wear funny clothes to 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 capture the the essence of the divine it's it's a new way it's a different it's an active way kathy you are so fun and yes oh. that is how it is and i gosh it's been it's been 27 years and now i feel like i have um, embraced the wholeness of that philosophy. And so I'm in it, like I'm in it. Now, sometimes I'll get a little bit out of it, particularly when I'm going through hundreds of emails and just going through them all. But uh, most of the time I'm in it. And it's so fun to be able to access that continuity of consciousness always. It's so really fun. Do you call on your, see, I call on the masters, teachers and guides and St. Germain and I have a 12th dimensional angel that I work with, but I don't really call on my ancestor, my, my family, I, the family that I've known. Um, do you call on them or do you through Reiki work with a whole different set of beings? Oh, Kathy, you are so fun. <laughs> really? Making um, it work a little bit, huh? It's great. I, I want to know. That's I am. I rarely call on people. Oh. I I wait for them to come to me. And oh. maybe in the beginning, I don't even think in the beginning I did that. It it is it is uh, for me so exciting to see who wants to come. There was a there's a experience that I wanted wanted to share that will sort of answer that question a little bit. I went to after this. After I had been with this shaman for about four months, I went to the American Occupational Therapy Association annual conference and I had no filter and I was pretty involved organizationally. <laughs> and it probably put me back about 10 years organizationally because I was pretty far out. This was 1996 and people were not into new age, holistic services, near death, <laughs> continuity of spirit. They weren't into that. And mm -hmm. I was pretty uh, liberal with what I was talking about. The last day at the conference, I um, went to some presentation and I sat beside a nun. I thought, well, this will be interesting. I wonder what a nun feels about the world. And within five minutes, she told me that she went to um, someone that taught her automatic writing. And I said, well, what's that? I don't, I don't know what automatic writing is. And she said, it's when you're in meditation and you're, you have a pen in your hand. At that point, pretty much everything was pen, paper and pen. And uh, you have a pen in your hand and 
you your pen automatically starts writing messages and i'm like you're kidding and she said she had just gone to new york and a psychologist had taught her this so this was on a Friday. I went back home that day, uh, went out with my horse on Saturday, had meditations, came back into my car. I used to write um, all the meditations at the very end of um, riding my horse. So I'm writing the meditations and all of a sudden my pen starts to move uh, out without my volition. And I thought, oh my gosh, I can either freak out and it'll probably <laughs> stop. <laughs> or I can keep going. And it was absolutely incredible. And essentially, it said it had a poem. And I at that point, I was not into poetry. I was pretty objective about life. And uh, it had some poem about the heavens above and the earth below. And I'm like, this is not me. Who are you? And the answer was, I am love. Now, also at that point, I didn't understand the broadness of love. I thought love was just between two partners, two couples, whatever. And I said, love. And I wrote, wrote, love, question mark. And this um, spirit said, I am Lot, L-O-T. And so then he went on and he's, and I, for me, it was a masculine presence. And so Lot went on and he wrote about a page, page and a half. And it was all very um, similar, um, very similar to if you've read um, Conversations with God, mm -hmm. Neil Donald Walsh, very, mm -hmm. very similar to that. And so I'm like, wow, this is pretty interesting. So the next day I go into meditation, Lot came. And at third day I went into meditation, Lot came and, by the fifth day, he, he the, the um, energy was very fast. And so I was shaking my hand because I was writing so rapidly. And Lot writes, why don't you use your computer? And I'm like, my computer? Like that seems so weird to me because for me, Lot was an ancient being and to bring a computer into this automatic writing seemed quite incongruous, but I am a good typist. I type fast. And at that point I was typing about 90 words a minute and Lot said, it'll be much faster for you. So I was at the house at this time and I went downstairs and got my computer, brought it up, sat at the dining room table sun's shining and uh i close my eyes put my hands on the computer keyboard in ready position and oh my gosh kathy the information just flowed and so lot stayed with me for every single day every single day lot stayed and, and communicated for about four months and my husband would sit right beside me at, at times and he would say becky ask lot this and i'd be jeff you can ask him he said no 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 you ask and so i would type out whatever jeff says and it was very um practical objective loving information and at that point that's when a fair amount of being started to come through other than lot and after about four months lot left and i said and he told me he was going to leave and i said well, why are you leaving he says there's hundreds of people hundreds of spirits that want to come through and so it's been really exciting to um, be open to receive whatever the universe has to offer oh that's so cool so, so um, I want to ask about your your experience with people healing and how much of their thoughts are part of their their illness or their pain, their suffering. I guess is the right word, and how much is actually physical because you you're working from an occupational therapist view you hear this story 
But when you're doing Reiki, you don't necessarily have to hear the story. You can just go, okay, I see some gray stuff there. Poof. Um, you know, you can you can play with their aura, their energy fields, and just yank it out, throw it over there, transmute it, use it for something else. How much of this is their thoughts and their worldview and their story that you're finding? And how much of it is something that um, it's all energetic? You are so smart. <laughs> Gosh, Kathy, that's a cool question. Um, I do believe that uh, positive thought facilitates positive action which facilitates positive growth, which facilitates positive uh, behavior. So yeah. that's what I believe. And when you said in the beginning of your introduction that, yes, my cup is essentially overflowing, that's how I live my life. And so when people have or feel negativity, it does bring us down energetically it brings us down physically i'm not saying that it always brings us down but it certainly doesn't help and so i always try very hard to encourage people to look at the positive aspects of an issue now there's a lot of issues happening <laughs> these days it's absolutely wild and i totally believe that we've all chosen to be here at this time to help to help heal to help the world heal to help share peace and love but there is a lot of trauma that's happening. And I do believe um, there's ways that we can, we can uh, improve our own feeling and the feelings of others. Mm -hmm. well, um, well, the reason I was asking is that there's so many people that are really um, following Joe, Dr. Joe Dispenser yes. Yes. and Dr. Bruce Lipton's yes. work where it's, where it's, um, uh, biology of belief is what Dr. Um, Bruce Lipton did. And Joe Dispenza's got so many things being supernatural and um, forget what, uh, breaking the habit of being yourself is a yes. great book. So how much of that do you find that you, when you're helping somebody that you're actually using um change their thoughts. Like even Mike Dooley mm -hmm. did a whole thing, thoughts are things. I love yeah. that too. Um, so, so how much of that is part of your healing practice when you work with people? Good question. Um, a fair amount. The thing that, that happens for me is that I'm an active listener. And so I'm not gonna say what I think someone should believe. I'm gonna listen and then ask, just like you're doing with me, ask interesting questions to help them possibly look at another way to look at the issue that is bringing them down. The thing that, that I use mostly is Reiki. And I hope you're okay if I move into the sure. little bit of a conversation about Reiki. Reiki is universal life force energy. And when I was first being trained by, by Nancy, by, by my shaman, Nancy Ariel, she used Reiki in order to uh, bring my energy up so that I could travel and do what's called shamanic journeying. And about three or four months, yeah, it was about three or four months after I had these weekly sessions with, with Nancy, 
a friend of mine, an occupational therapist, Michael Peasy, Dr. Michael Peasy, was putting on a state-of-the-art holistic conference. And the fact that he was an OT helped me because I, I knew I was getting far out. I didn't know anybody that was doing anything like me. And I'm like, okay, if Michael Peasy is doing this, and he was president of the New York OT Association at the time, and I was president of the Delaware OT Association at the time, and then I became vice president of all the presidents for, um, oh, I'm so sorry. That was me. Shoot. I meant to turn that off. So sorry. Anyway, um, I became vice president of all the um, OT presidents. And so I knew a lot of, you know, Michael's um, colleagues and I respected him immensely. So he's putting on this state-of-the-art holistic conference. And and during that conference, a an occupational therapist named Anne Marie McClintock was teaching Reiki. And I thought, okay, let me go to this occupational therapy conference where there was psychologists, physicians, researchers, PTs, OTs, speech, uh, case managers, social workers, all these different disciplines and, uh, you know, see how it goes. And I started out by going to learn Reiki and you can learn Reiki in one day, which is really quite extraordinary because Reiki, the idea with Reiki is that we all have energy. So we all have energy, which we can access. And so you can learn how to do that easily. And there's a, when I teach Reiki, because um, I teach it both in person and online, there's a picture that I use from this exact conference. And someone was taking, they had exhibitors there, and someone was taking pictures of your aura. Now, at that point, I didn't even know if I believed in an aura, you know, the energy that surrounds yeah. us that we can see, and it's different colors and things like that. So I said, okay, why don't you take my picture? And so I have this picture and it was, it was right before I, I learned Reiki and right in the beginning of the conference. And I'm sort of smirking and I'm not really like looking too interested in it. And quite frankly, my part of my aura was missing. So that was sort of interesting. So after about three days of going to the conference, learning Reiki, being filled with love and joy and understanding how our thoughts can help us heal and how we can help heal our body, learned all sorts of things, shiatsu, polarity, like all sorts of things. I had, I decided to go back to this aura photography exhibit and I'm relaxed, I'm smiling and when I looked at my aura the second time, it was totally complete. And I'm like, whoa, in three days to actually have a physical representation of a change in our energy was really quite astounding. Right. So it's been really fun to teach people how to access your own healing energy. And it was, uh, it was quite something. I had taught it quite a bit um, personally. And I got ready to... Um, to write a book and I almost pulled out about what was happening to me and I almost pulled out the fact that um, I was an occupational therapist because I, I wanted to share with people that they could learn how to talk with their deceased loved ones. But I didn't know if it was a good idea for people who read this book to think maybe all occupational therapy practitioners talk with dead people. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if that's a good idea. I, I know it. I mean, but you have to think, I, I have this go through a lot um, with my clients and stuff. It's like, should I bring in the woo or not? Right. And it's like, you got to know 
you can't hide the woo. Once, <laughs> once you've seen the expandedness of consciousness and the availability of energy um, and the way you can master your your experience here, it's, it's almost impossible to hide that. Now, people might not know and be able to verbalize what it is you know that you that they don't know, but they 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 sense it because you're um, again you're not in fear. Right. That's the real key to all of this is that we're in a time of so much polarity and uh, I think manipulated contrast in the media and and people picking judgments and you know, protecting their judgments that. Um, you know, it's it's a time of really um, uh, constructed unrest that is to keep things chaotic, that the idea of having a tool like meditation and Reiki and, and a tool at your disposal to change, to be empowered, to, to do what you want to do that feels better because the other doesn't feel good, right? Agreed. Yeah, this is the time. Well, the other thing is, is that it feels like also that the ancients, because of their connection to the earth and their um, knowledge of how this system works, um, that's that's kind of the period we're into the remembering it. We've been in the dark ages where science um, ruled all rational thought, left brain thought and, and the um um, reptilian brain um, rules everything. And now we're coming back into this science and spirituality meeting again, where um, it, there's a holistic view and, and a bigger opportunity to integrate, right? Yes. And integrative health now, in my opinion, is considered the gold standard. Yep. Integrating complementary health modalities with traditional allopathic medical care. And it's so fun. It's so fun to see that change happening on a really on a national, if not a worldwide level. Right. Yes, right. it's fantastic. Well, I'm doing a marketing plan for someone. I just found the statistics and it's off the charts. The um, It's not just the baby boomers. Everybody is coming to it and I, uh, a new awareness. And it's partially because people like uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza is bringing in um, the awareness that um, quantum physics is real yes. and that um, we really have so much of our, our six, our five senses um, are only um, experiencing one, less than 1% of what's here. Yes. And so your sixth sense is available to you. And maybe the as we evolve as a species, more senses will be available to us. That's what my hope is. Yes. And that's where those, the, the, then you are seeing and experiencing the other dimensions, right? Agreed. Agreed. Absolute 100% agree. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so your, your generosity in teaching Reiki is, is very heartwarming to me because I really want to empower people. I really want them to wake up to who they really are and their divinity and using a tool like Reiki, where you Reiki, Qigong, Tai Chi, some of these 
and ancient energy medicines that these these cultures had hundreds, hundreds, thousands of years ago that we forgot, bringing them back into a modern age where Reiki is now used in hospitals. And, and there's medical spas now where there's one MD, like even the Mayo Clinic and John Hopkins has, has um, medical spas. I mean, it's so important that people know that their choices are much more vast than then t- uh, take a drug, get cut, you know. That's, that's it. it. In 2017, the American Hospital Association did a study of complementary health modalities that are being provided in hospitals. And over it was 42% in 2017. 42% were providing complementary modalities, including Reiki. And so the trick sort of of this is Hospitals have them. I mean, that's almost one out of two hospitals are providing complementary modalities, whether it's Reiki, yoga, Qigong, Tai Chi, uh, massage, whatever. You want to ask. So if you're going in for an operation or, you know, a wellness check or whatever, feel free to ask, do you have complementary health modalities? Do you have Reiki or yoga or what do you have? There um the complementary modalities are used very often in cancer clinics and a lot of it's volunteer. And so it's really quite um, lovely to be able to assist people that are going through active chemo and radiation and such and provide them with a way to help their inner soul heal, mm-hmm. you know, cause the chemo helps with the physical, but Reiki and the complementary modalities definitely help with the emotional. Oh, yeah. And it's very, very nice. Yeah, I and I love the idea that there's um, because we're all so different in our worldview. I mean, someone said to me last week, well, there's eight million people, billion people on this planet and there's eight billion different holograms and worldviews. And when you go to that, it's like, wow, how do we ever get anything done if we're all seeing the world totally different? And then the, the thing that we're going to talk about in a little bit is how IONS offers a way for all of us to come together and be in the bubble of, of consciousness, source, infinite intelligence, whatever we want to call it. But, but that's what, um, you know, if everyone starts looking and having responsibility for their worldview and um, then takes responsibility for their own vehicle, and using it that that's the other part of this that that's quite remarkable and thank you so much for all of that work that you've done because you've you've created a way for people in conferences to come a day early or two days early and actually get to take home a certification right right it well it's a certificate it's um it's a certificate that they receive that is cuz really there's there's two major levels of Reiki. There's Reiki level one, and that's where you get uh, your energy, what's called attuned. So you get your energy activated. And um, whenever you learn Reiki, you always want to learn it from someone that has experiential sessions. So it's not just a 
a mind philosophy. You actually want to try healing other people. And I always have at least three healing sessions, one-on-one -on -one with, uh, you know, all, all the people having individual one-on-one -on -one healing sessions with at least three different partners. So that's Reiki one. And Reiki two is when you actually understand long distance healing and you, you uh, learn different clinical techniques and hand positions and all of that. It's been so exciting to teach people um, Reiki. And I was very thrilled to be the first person um, to teach Reiki at the American Occupational Therapy Association annual conference. And that started in 2015. And I have to say, every single year since 2015 for the in-person conferences, I've been teaching Reiki at AOTA. And it's been very nicely received. So Reiki, just on an occupational therapy note, is part of our uh, practice since 2005, because wow. there's a whole component of, of occupational therapy that deals with spirituality. And it's been really, really fun to be a cheerleader for the complementary health component of occupational therapy. So it's been, it's been delightful. Well, that, I think that's so cool because it really is the missing part of um, our society right now. I mean, we grew up in a similar age group that you had a headache, take of an aspirin. Right. I mean, it was like this instant better life through drugs. Um, and, and, uh, and so we were kind of brainwashed that, um, that, symptoms didn't mean anything but when you go back to the energetics of it it's a whole different worldview of um your responsibility and the care of your vehicle i mean this is this is like avatar the movie where yeah. they got into those like that guy got into the body that we this is what our soul did all right got into this vehicle right Absolutely. You know, Kathy, I used to take four to six Excedrin, extra strength Excedrin every single day until I learned Reiki. And after a year, well, it was even after about four months, I realized, oh my gosh, I don't have headaches anymore. I'm like, wow, well, why is that? And as you say, when you learn how to take care of your vehicle, your stress can reduce. And there's a wonderful study, it's um, 2019 of 1,411 people um, received one, one session of Reiki all across the United States. And it was done by 99 Reiki masters, all trained the same way and statistically significant reductions in pain, stress, anxiety, depression, shortness of breath, and an increase in well-being occurred. And this study is available for free. And it's in the Journal of Alternative and Complementary Medicine, um, published by Dyer Baldwin, Dyer Baldwin, and gosh, there's one other person. And uh, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on the third person. But you just look up Dyer Reiki, um, and you'll get you'll get this study, the Journal of Alternative and Complementary Medicine. It's, it's good. That's perfect. Well, again, that goes back to the quantum physics, the, the, yes. all of the stuff that we're talking about, that there is a system in place that is um, life affirming. It works for all the animals, all the plants. It works for all the insects. It works for everything else. We just forgot. We just forgot our access and with Reiki training um, and energy knowledge, you can be empowered to help yourself 
with, and, and it's portable. You don't have to run and go to, or get on Amazon and have it delivered tomorrow. You can actually <laughs> do it yourself, right? So, so what's the difference between a Reiki practitioner and a master? Yep. How, how do you get to be a master? You know, I think it's hilarious, the name, Reiki master. I'm like, oh, for Pete's sakes. <laughs> So you're a Reiki practitioner if you're Reiki one, Reiki two. And then for me, I require people to have at least six months of practice and service, um, providing all sorts of Reiki after they've received Reiki level two. And then I teach a one day Reiki master course. Now, some people will teach it faster than that. Some people will teach, say you, you must have years of experience. I waited 10 years. I really wow. wanted to embrace the whole philosophy before I had it. And just to pause just for a minute, the, the uh, third author of that excellent Reiki study is um, uh, uh, Rand. So it's our Dyer book, D-Y-E-R, Baldwin and Rand. And that's where you can get the Reiki study. Okay. So um, thanks for, for giving me that chance to fix my brain here. <laughs> well, I think that's, again, this is a perfect example. So many people with these new energies, because you're in a, a, a different dimensional concept and frequency and your memories are back there. It takes a little while for the Rolodex to pull through. Like you'll remember somebody's face and you remember their first name, but their last name comes later. And this isn't like the old days where you woke up at two o'clock in the morning and went, that's it. This is just, you just have to know it's coming. It's just deeper in the Rolodex than it, than it used to be. Right. You're I mean, very kind, Kathy. No, I think it's true. I, you're not alone. I, I do that too. That's all I'm saying. That I think that um, we're not, we're the capacity to be at a higher vibration doesn't necessarily bring those old um, <clears throat> programs and and memories along with it because they they they're heavier. They're, they're even even you remembering that is it's attached to having to only use this for survival, yes. and now you're using this for survival. The hot or is... the combination the until your dantian all the way. Absolutely, that was well said. I love being a heart based person rather than just our mind. It's really awesome. It's yeah. very very exciting. Well yeah. said, Kathy. That's cool. Okay, so so being a master means that you. Oh, sorry. <laughs> have, uh, no, no. I just want to make sure that people understand that this isn't a long weekend um, course, and then you get a practitioner's thing. Because I have taken those before um, for nine hundred dollars or thousand dollars, and a long weekend, you can be a. a a healing practitioner of some modalities and they work just fine but this isn't the same this is much more um capacity to prove to yourself that that you're making a difference and then also embody that energy so that your field carries it because that's the remembrance right yes and and not only is it important for you to acknowledge the oneness of all life, it's important for you to be able to 
help facilitate others heal. And it's not, this is an interesting point, it's not that a Reiki practitioner or a Reiki master provides the healing. They facilitate it, but it's each person's own body that heals. So all we do is take the energy from the universe, it goes through us like an empty bamboo rod, it goes right through us, right to the person, and then it's the person's own body that heals. And we always, always ask permission before we before we offer healing. And it's quite um, interesting because I've done a lot of work with with hospice. And so many times with hospice, I, I had a, a quite a bit of experience working on a unit where people were actively dying, where they would define that as, as, as being expected to pass within three to five, well, three to seven days. And so you think, well, how how do you get permission if someone is sort of in a very deep sleep. And so what you can do is you ask and you ask silently and you ask with energetic love, is it all right if I provide you with Reiki? And you wanna be well connected with yourself in order to do this, but you ask and if you receive no answer, it's okay. If you receive yes, it's okay. But once in a while you receive a no. And if you receive a no, then you just don't do it. And that's how you can do Reiki long distance as well. It doesn't mean it just has to be done on hospice. You can actually do it long distance over the internet. And there's all sorts of validations about how successful sending energy long distance, which is what you learn in, in, uh, in Reiki level two works. And so it's really quite, quite exciting to, to be able to share that. But essentially, essentially, you only need to be a Reiki level two practitioner. And that's all. That's all you really need. The Reiki master is, means you're an advanced clinician and or you're a teacher. You're a teacher of Reiki. But even just Reiki one is totally fine. It's very exciting. And one of the ex other exciting things about Reiki is because we're accessing all this energy, it helps us communicate with our loved ones that have passed on. And that for me is one of the prime uh, joys of teaching Reiki because it fits in so nicely with my belief that we live forever and right. Reiki can help us with that. Oh, that's wonderful. So one other quick question about Reiki, about the symbols yes. that are given. Okay, so um, could you tell a little bit about the value of those symbols? Sure. They are, I've often thought, why is it that we can learn Reiki so fast? Like, what, what, what is going on here? How can, we, how can we learn to help heal ourselves and others with one day? And what happened is there's a fellow by the name of Miko Yasui. And Miko uh, is from Japan. And he was um, a monk and a Buddhist monk, and he wanted to find Satori. He wanted to find the meaning of life. He wanted to find um, what what makes the world tick. And so he climbed the the uh, the highest mountain in Japan, Mount, Mount Kuryama, and he went on what we would call these days a vision quest. And this sort of a uh, philosophy that on the 21st day, he received three healing symbols. And he was not a, essentially a healer before then, but these symbols are what he started in the to use in his Yasui form of healing, Yasui form of Reiki. So you have these three symbols that when you get attuned in Reiki level one, you get these three symbols placed in your aura. 
these symbols are used by millions and millions of people. And so when you think about the energetic power of symbols being used all over the world for healing, for um, energetic uh, relief, for uh, wellness, for long distance healing, all these people that are trained in the Asui form of Reiki, which is now millions of people, these symbols have power. And so when you have them put into your aura, all of a sudden you're accessing all this energetic power and it makes it work fast. Wow. And it's really quite, quite uh, astounding to see how people feel when they first get attuned. And I, I don't talk to people about what I think they're going to say. I just say, so how do you feel? And it really is quite uh, fascinating because a lot of people feel instantly changed. And then we immediately, at least the way I teach it, we immediately go into healing. And you've already learned how to help yourself heal using the different energy chakra centers in your body. And then you start healing others. And and I teach it very quickly. So I teach healing in about five minute uh, sessions because as an occupational therapist or any medical practitioner, nurses, psychologists, whatever, we don't have a lot of time if we're gonna right. use it as part of our session. And so you really can impact a person with just a couple of minutes. So it's, it's really quite fun and you use these symbols. So you use these symbols in the healing and you're, you're um, interacting with all the millions and millions of people that are using these same symbols in a jumpstart that healing process. Wow. Well, I wish I could take your class. We're going to talk now about a little bit about ions, but I'm, I'm in charge of the exhibitor setup. <laughs> you so certainly are. Get to take it again. So I have to figure out how I get to take it someday. But, um, but I'm going to um, show the website real quick and then we can talk a little bit because Becky has a lot of different hats that she wears at the IONS uh, year annual conference, which is our big fundraiser. IONS stands for International Association for Near Death Studies. And we're both um, volunteers extraordinaire. <laughs> Especially <laughs> you. <laughs> no, whatever. But um, let me pull this up real quick. And um, what what I want um, you to do is, if you can, explain a little bit about um, what you're offering for um, your class, but also if you can um, talk a little bit about the healers. Sure, I'd love to. Okay, so here we go. Here we go. The International Association for Near-Death Studies to me is a phenomenal uh, group of medical professionals, uh, researchers, educators, nurses, uh, anybody that's had a near-death experience, and people that are supportive of the fact that, um, and the belief that consciousness survives bodily death. It's amazing how many presentations we have. This conference is coming up in Arling in Washington, D.C., and it's I believe it's Arlington, Virginia. Sometimes I get it a little confused, but yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Arlington, Virginia. It's five minutes from Washington. Yeah, it's a four-day conference, 11 workshops. There's a movie. Um, there's a, a veteran supportive program. 
and there's two pre-conference workshops. There's one that I'm doing, which is on Wednesday, August 30th. And it's a one-day course, 9 to 4.30, certificate provided, Reiki Level 1. And Peter Panagor is also doing a wonderful pre-conference uh, workshop and it's on how you access your heart and how you access your it's hot and there's another h one well he's talking about your heart and maybe your mind could be your mind and your heart but it all works together and then there are multiple additional um, workshops that are being provided there's over a hundred presentations and Gosh, it's really going to be quite, quite something. So you you register by going to ions.org and then you'll get the link to the conference. Please feel free to, to come to the conference. If you can come on site, it's a blast. This is going to be the largest conference IONS has ever had. And um, you can access it both in person and online. And so if you're not able to come to the in-person, access it online. And we started doing it online um, during COVID and it worked. And so now this one's a combination. It's in-person and online and it's going to be phenomenal. So you have all these different workshops, you have all these different presentations, lots of different activities, music, meditation, Kathy's in charge of the exhibits. The exhibits are great. So please come to the exhibits. We have a, a fun floor. It's called the 14th floor. And that's where Kathy's going to be with the exhibits. That's where Reiki's being taught. Um, that's where the bookstore is. And we also have um, healers. And we have 26 this year. We have 26 healers that are all volunteers. Volunteers. Wow. They're volunteering to do Reiki. We have lots of mediums. We have reconnective therapy. We have an energetic process called Marconics. We have an indigenous um, healer, healing couple that are going to be making prayer ties and offering travel blessings. There's spiritual counseling. There's guidance. There's book writing. There's so many different types of, of healing that you can have in a 20 minute one-to-one -one session. And that's also on the uh, 14th floor. So you've got the first floor that has all these wonderful presentations and the main conference events, big keynote speakers. It's absolutely incredible. And then you have the 14th floor that is also filled with love with the exhibits, bookstore, healing, Reiki, pre-conference, uh, Reiki activities, et cetera. Yeah. And so um, it's going to be a blast. It's it's really, really exciting. And so the Reiki's on August 30th, and then that's the pre-conference with Peter Pinagor as well. And then the conference is from Thursday, August 31st through Sunday, um, September 3rd. And it goes from Gosh, I think it goes from like eight o'clock in the morning to to pretty much as late as you want. I think the closing is like around ten o'clock with like a before ten o'clock with it, with a meditation and music, and it's it's going to be quite quite something. So I encourage you all to please consider coming to the INZ annual conference, which this year is on the East Coast, which is very special. Right. Well, the uh, the the thing that I want everyone to know is that. There's so many levels of healing that a conference like this offers. If you're an experiencer and you don't have the words and you don't feel safe even processing with the people around you, which a lot of times that's what happens um, because it's so out of your wheelhouse, they um, experience the, it, whether it's a spiritually transformative experience 
or whether it's a near-death experience or a shared near-death experience, um, a lot of times you just don't have the vocabulary to, to integrate the mystical um, experience that you've had. And that's what intrigued me. That's what got me started um, uh, six years ago with this group because I met all these people that had words for it for and and I could feel they had experienced that field that I had and you do feel like you're walking into a vortex of love you really do when you have 500 people or more that are all um waking up each morning hoping to stay in that vibration it's palpable for sensitives it's quite palpable it's very palpable Kathy that was a beautiful explanation. And I, I also wanted to mention the Experiencer Lounge. Right. And the Experiencer Lounge is where you can go and comfortably share your experience. And that's also on the 14th floor. It's, it is phenomenal. And the whole theme this year is love, which, you know, we all need, we all need to have love and it's wonderful to have love and it is palpable, just as right. you said. Right. But what I was saying is the healing, whether you take the Reiki course or you go to the experiencer lounge or you listen to these amazing researchers for the some of these people have been researching for over 40 years on um, this topic so this isn't all um uh, a, a spiritual conversation it's actually there's quite a bit of science to it um so so you have all these different constructs but there's also the healing um, as as Becky Rebecca, as Becky was talking about the healing portion, where you can take a break from the conversations and the because sometimes you get full listening to all these talks, you can take a break and just go gift yourself some centering, some energy, some peace, some processing, because it, the whole thing, there's people at last year at the event in Salt Lake City, there were people that had just lost the, their child had committed suicide and they were trying to process. I mean, there's mediums, there, <coughs> there's me. healers there, there's so many different aspects. So, I mean, if you're trying to figure out how to find the joy that you had as a child when you felt fearless and carefree again, this is a great, great opportunity because there's so many people operating from that perspective. It's contagious almost. It is contagious because energy is shared. And the, with the theme being love and the community being love, it's empowering. And there's a lot of people that can help. And I, you know, I'm interested in the medical part because that's what I am, but it's not all medical, but right. there are a lot of medical folks that believe and know and actually near death experiences have been declared a medical event a real medical event yeah, yeah. and you can receive um physicians can receive information on the ions website you just need to search medical gap of kea and you can receive free information on how you deal with someone that's had a near death experience being defined as your body flatlines so your body is not present but your consciousness remains and a lot of times when you're when you come back 
when you come back to this reality, you're filled with love and maybe you've seen your deceased loved ones and you're trying to figure out how to process it. And so if you search medical gap of care on that home page of ions.org, I-A-N-D-S.org, you can get this free medical gap of care published by the John Hopkins University Press. And right. so it's, it's really quite a valid um, document, not only for physicians, but for anyone. And so it's it's really quite exciting, Kathy, for you to have explained earlier how we are coming into a recognition that it's not just biomechanical issues. We're bringing the spiritual in with the physical and quantum physics is right there. That's right. Well, it's a holistic future that we're inviting in because, <coughs> excuse me, that holistic future is much more peaceful and loving than what we've created in the past decades. So we're coming out of that and going into a new opportunity to see light and love as a standard operating procedure. <laughs> and um, who doesn't want that? So anyway, thank you so much. We're, we're out of time today. We'll have to do this again, which we will. And I get to see you in about two weeks. So. I can't wait. Yeah, me neither. So anyway, thank you all. Please, please check out um, Becky's uh, website, which is Rebecca Austell Clausen. I put it dot com. Um, I put it in the uh, everywhere <laughs> and and I will put it everywhere again. And and also the conference for IONS is conference.iands.org. And please, um, if you can't come in person, please consider getting an online ticket. This is our major fundraiser for the whole organization and it's what pays for staff and and office space and all the things that IONS does that is so valuable to help people in the world. So just hoping that you'll be a part of it and know that you will come out of the whole experience in much more joy and peace than you started. Well right? said. Kathy, thank you so very thank much you. for having me here. You're awesome. Oh, you too. Well, ditto back at you. <laughs> See you soon. Can't wait to give you a hug in person. Same here. Lots of love always and forever. Bye-bye.